business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about weather data's impact on advertising with Vikram Samaya, the general manager of the weather company's new WeatherFX division. As general manager, Vikram leads the team that creates localized ad targeting solutions using the weather company's access to location data and the most comprehensive weather data in the world. Vikram joined the Weather Channel in December 2012 from Thomson Reuters, where he served as VP of Global Operations and Audience. There, he managed the global team across 17 markets in the U.S., EMEA, and APAC, and assessed and managed the rollout of audience data across consumer media and other company divisions. He was also responsible for creating a successful private exchange across the programmatic ecosystem. Previously, Vikram helped build out data-driven marketing company BlueKai as Managing Director of Business Development and Channel Sales. He is a frequent presenter at conferences and industry events, representing the audience ecosystem around the use of data. You can connect with Vikram on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Vikram Somaya. That's V-I-K-R-A-M-S-O-M-A-Y-A. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Vikram. Welcome. Thank you, Glenn. So I got to start being sitting here in Boston, um, having just passed the blizzard, lovely named Nemo. You guys got to love these things, don't you? Um, yeah, they are interesting for us. I think what's, uh, from, from my perspective, um, they certainly, severe weather in general is something that we've owned for a long time, and both in terms of making consumers aware of what's actually coming their way, as well as in, uh, in introducing marketers to the appropriate time to message around it has been interesting for us. I, I, I bet. So for those listeners, I'm sure people are familiar enough with the Weather Company and the Weather Channel, but they may not be as familiar with the Weather FX division. Can you provide a brief overview of the group's mission? Absolutely. Um, Weather FX, unlike some of the other divisions within uh, the Weather Company, including the Weather Channel and Weather Underground, is not a, a business-to-consumer division. We actually focus on business-to-business marketing. And essentially what we have created is a weather-intelligent marketing platform. And what I mean by that is... Um, we are utilizing the vast amount of weather data that we have within the weather company, um, and we're creating optimized models based on both location as well as looking temporarily at that weather data. So we're looking at you know seasonality, historically where weather came from, uh, what is happening right now, so current conditions, and then the forecast, which is something that uh, David Kenny, our CEO, has spent a lot of time really pushing the company towards uh, building really the best forecast out there. 
We then take these optimized models and bump it up against sales and revenue data from marketers who work with us in industries ranging from insurance uh, and travel all the way through to retail and quick service restaurants and uh, consumer packaged goods. Mm. Um, and then we help them with their outbound marketing uh, as well as any other customer relationship management uh, that we feel is appropriate. So actually just for context, and you mentioned a couple, can you just step back one second and describe the weather company? You mentioned a couple of brands underneath that, the weather channel. Um, are there other parts of the portfolio just for the listeners who may not be aware of everything under the weather company? Certainly, and I think uh, a lot of people are familiar with the, the Weather Channel, which has been our primary brand for going on 30 years. Um, we recently rebranded uh, under an umbrella brand, uh, the Weather Company, um, and I think um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was kind of the breadth of weather signal that we put out. Mm. So the brands that people might be most familiar with are our consumer brands, which includes the Weather Channel, which is certainly our TV channel, which is the number one syndicated TV channel in the country, um, as well as our website, weather.com, which is by far the largest uh, weather-related website uh, in the world, actually. Uh, we also have a bunch of award-winning uh, uh, web uh, mobile applications. Uh, our, I, our, our iOS applications, um, the iPhone is uh, number five uh, all-time, and the iPad application is number two on the App Store. So we have an incredible amount uh, of, of reach. Uh, in addition to that, we recently acquired a company called The Weather Underground, um, and for those of you who are not familiar, um, they, have, they have an amazing, amazing network. They've actually put out into the space 20,000 backyard weather stations, uh, which are sending data back to us uh, every two and a half seconds. And these are actually people who bought those weather stations on their own with their own money, um, but are interested in being part of a community of, of essentially, of, you know, sort of weather junkies, if you will, people who are really interested uh, in being part of this, this, this community that talks about weather and, and lives and breathes it. Um, in addition to that, we actually have a variety of professional services organizations, and these are companies that provide weather data to industries like aviation and energy, uh, a company called uh, Weather Central um, based in Wisconsin and a company called WSI based in Boston. Um, and uh, every airline in the country, about, except Delta actually, uh, about 50,000 flights every day utilize our weather. And for those of you who are not familiar, actually, you know, when you're, looking at, when you're talking about weather in the air, there are actually six strata of weather that we look up to, and the best meteorologists are actually pilots. Um, so there's some fascinating things happening there as well. Uh, we also work with governments. Um, we are the back end for weather in China. We work, uh, I believe, a lot in, the, in Eastern Europe. Um, and so we're very much a global entity and continuing to work on that piece as well. Okay, so that's some of the things that's fallen under our brand. That's really amazing, and I'm guessing every listener just learned about five things about um, the and the rebranding makes sense, but the unbelievable wealth of, of information. So before we get to all the good stuff for the the junkies that are out there, of which I think every human being is um, in this category, um, real quick, what was the impetus for you um, behind your decision to move from Thomson Reuters um, and moving to to weather? I think it was a combination of two things. The first was the weather itself. So for any data junkie working with a data asset like the weather and a company that yeah. has really sort of you know spent all this time on figuring out the best way to work with it is amazing. Um, you know, it, it, it's such a real-world variable. It's one of these things that's not ephemeral at all. And I have worked with a lot of other data sets previous to this, and a lot of them were proxies for things. You know, I went on a site, and I configured a car, therefore I'm interested in cars. But right. here it's something you can touch, you can feel, and there's just a 
tremendous amount of it, uh, and it's extremely rich. And for any data hound, you know, it's hard to find a, a second a runner-up to this. So that was easy. And the other piece was actually working with some of the best people in the industry. So obviously, you know David Kenny, who has a long and storied history um, yep. in both the agency world and, and beyond, and, and my boss as well, Kurt Hecht, who came from uh, being the CEO of VivaKey, which is a, a programmatic trading uh, uh, division of, of Publicis. So uh, some, and a really amazing team is sort of uh, is, is forming and has been around at, uh, at the weather company and continues to, to build out sort of formidable talent. So there's nothing that beats uh, uh, absolutely leading brand with um, an incredible playground for someone of your background and working with some talented people. So it's we frequently joke about the phrase big data, and I've had several people on the on the the uh, this program that have talked about that. But you guys are really sitting on the epitome of big data. Um, talk a little bit. You started to talk about from the weather FX side of working with brands, but how does the data, how do you think about the trends, having the power to influence um, media and marketing and, and advertising? Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of brands have dealt with, uh, with weather in various ways. And in most ways, they were looking at their back end. You know, retailers for years have been very familiar with data, with, with weather data, because they use it to plan inventory and logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, but marketing, not so much. And when they did use weather, it was in fairly simplistic ways. So things like, hey, if we, should, we should come up with one insight, and then we're going to use it across the country. So if it snowed, we should start you know, telling people who sell snow tires to go out, go out there right. and sell snow tires. Um, but what we quickly found out and begun to utilize fairly effectively is two things. One, weather is always local. So whether we process it and we're thinking about sort of what happens with our day, what, how do we dress, what are we, you know, what are we going to do? How do we get to the office? What do we do with our children? Um, there are a few other exceptions to that case. One is travel. So the travel piece is also local. So if I'm going to St. John, say, for a vacation, I'm thinking about what the weather's like there. If I'm flying into Detroit for work, I'm thinking about what the weather is there. It's always a very local, local experience. And the third piece is when, obviously, when you're thinking about people that you care about or people that are in your life, again, you know, you want to know that the weather around your parents or your children, uh, just what does that local piece look like? And there is a flavor to local behavior. So we quickly found out that, you know, the exact same weather condition in Buffalo uh, versus the exact same weather condition in Miami is actually internalized very differently. So 30 degrees in Miami is, you know, a terrifyingly cold day. 30 right. degrees in Buffalo is a nice day on the golf course. Uh, And that significantly impacts uh, both consumer sentiment and and product awareness. So how do I feel? Uh, How do I feel about sort of what I'm going to do with my day and how that interacts with products that uh, that might be interesting? And how does that actually translate into intent itself? Um, And so the triggers, and and we have three products within within weather effects. The first we call weather triggers. And this is based on, you know, as you mentioned, the really big data sitting out there. Uh, As with anything that that you push to marketers, what you want to do is take all these uh, relatively sophisticated concepts and simplify them. You want to bring it down to a message that you can push out, push out. And you know, you've often heard sort of the sort of the term, you know, right time, right place, right message. And re- mm-hmm. we really think right time, right place, right weather, right message. Um, <laughs> and again, because it's such a such a universal and sort of primal right. function for the human condition. So we actually create models where we're looking at that at that geo information. We're bumping it up with sales and revenue data. Uh, we're bringing in. You know, there's well over 100 conditions that we that we track, and this is everything from the ones you'd expect, like 
precipitation and temperature and temperature changes all the way down to something very specific like the UV level or pollen counts, right? So again, depending on which combination we want to put together, um, the models have changed from, well, I really want to send stuff out when it's sunny to uh, give me the best geo-optimized model for shampoo. So one of the things that's See, your your examples are great because uh, having worked in the agency world for many years, the um, to your point, it's the car advertising is going to vary if I'm in the southeast versus the northeast. The amount of data you have in the just some of the examples you talked about, not only the detail but also the real time nature of that. How does, without giving away trade secrets, how when you're working with your partners, your marketing or advertising partners, how do you? Disseminate the information in a way that allows them to change marketing messages on the fly. Yeah, so so there are a couple of ways that we do it. Um, we, our sort of simpler use products actually plug into media that we provide across our properties. Um, okay. So obviously we we work online with. Uh, um, uh, weather.com with Weather Underground, which is a sister company under the brand. Uh, we have a whole host of mobile applications that we sell media across. Um, we also have a third product that we call Weather Extender. And essentially what Weather Extender does is something that a lot of channels do, which we plug into all the programmatic uh, inventory exchanges on the, on, in, the, in the space today. And uh, essentially, we're able to take those same weather rules and we're able to extend them out beyond our own media. Um, the other piece that we do do is we also generate, you know, the system uses these models to generate uh, rules, essentially. And these rules can inform certainly media buying, uh, everything from sort of bid price to, to understanding how much scale we want to hit. Um, but it also can generate rules for dynamic content creation. So, um, you know, without giving away too much of what we're doing with our clients, that could be the creation of content uh, for websites or for social platforms as well. So is there a, uh, an example out there, one that you've already talked about, just to bring this to life for the, the listeners, just a, a brand or a partnership that um, you guys have used, again, not giving away trade secrets? Um, yeah, so I mean, I can the ones that are that are that are more that are that we've talked about uh, are ones that usually revolve around severe weather, and then I can talk about one that that is more evergreen. So uh, we have certain triggers that engage automatically when uh, we have big severe events coming, um, and so these are more standard weather endemic products. So Duracell, for example, has uh, a great a great sort of partnership working with us where weather triggered events power. Um, Duracell around uh, some of the severe events that you just talked about, so the Sandys and the Nemos of the world. Yeah. Um, we also worked with a very large retailer when they were looking. I mean, they were looking at a whole host of different products, and one of the things that they were looking at was, you know, they sell craft products, and uh, a simple rule function that came back out was they'd been pushing stuff when the weather got bad, but in certain markets you wanted to push it out three to five days before because mothers or fathers were planning. Right. So what, what was interesting with a lot of these results and, you know, another, another result that was interesting was um, air conditioning units in Atlanta versus Chicago. So in Atlanta, essentially what popped is it would take two days of above average summer temperatures. And when I say above average, I don't mean a flat temperature. I meant it was one standard deviation above normal. Again, okay. there's a relative scale that we always work around. So it would take those two days before um, air conditioner sales would actually begin to pop. So the interrupted messaging that you wanted to push was right after those two, those two days of uh, a one standard deviation above uh, a, a, a norm. And for Chicago, on the other hand, early in the season, if there was above average temperature at all, you'd immediately start seeing a pop. 
So when we start building the models and pushing them out there and then saying, here is the area where you should push interruptive messaging, we take these initial hypotheses, the rules are built out, and then as the interruptive messaging comes in, so you know, we've obviously built correlations and we've pushed out messaging, we start to re, sort of re-optimize them to ensure that this is not just a correlation, it's actually causing this to happen. So it's the difference between seeing a simple correlation, which could be just serendipity, and causation, saying this combination of conditions, uh, working with this uh, elegant messaging, uh, actually helps sales spike. Um, and that last piece is important because one of the third products we provide is something that we call Creative Adapter, and that is a combination of technology as well as a team that we have working uh, internally that creates weather-focused creative. So one of the great sort of issues I've seen across the board in all forms of targeting is um, and, and you've got to walk this line carefully, but you have to, ha- to sort of tailor the creative um, to think about what targeting you're using. So, right. uh, for example, we had a Tocitos campaign that when it was sunny, it would do something simple like there was, you know, people the Tocitos bag would wear like a, a pair of sunglasses and you know, it was like, let's party in the summer. And when it was raining, you know, there was an umbrella on top of it. You know, we worked with a car company where the roof rack changed depending yep. on sort of what the weather, what the weather piece looked like. So, um, what we need to do is sort of translate that so that you know, people's sentiment actually matches what they're seeing. And again, right. whenever you think about how you create that level of engagement and take it one step further, you want to understand how best creatively to apply that. Because I think right. what, what certainly what us in the data and, and technology will often forget in the end is that message has to be compelling. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much you know about the person. It's not, you know, it's not going to have the effect you hoped. Well, and it's interesting, too, thinking about a lot of, uh, in some respects, you guys um, have completely turned, it seems, the model upside down from a, a media placement opportunity to actually um, driving a lot of the marketing strategy, which is clearly probably pushing, dragging, um, or leading uh, both the client but also their creative agencies. Absolutely. I mean, so we really think of this product as a, as a, as a marketing platform, right? And uh, when we think about who we compete against, it's not necessarily media brands out there who, you know, who offer banner ads. We're really competing with social, if you will. Right. Um, just because of how fundamentally integral this is to people's lives. I mean, in a lot of ways, we think uh, the way when you go and check your weather in the morning, you're sort of making life decisions that are far more fundamental and open than when you actually plug something into a search box or when you look at, you know, pictures of someone's kids on, on right. social side. Um, so, so we want to utilize the power of that to really help them. And on the content side, obviously, we've been doing a lot around sort of using it as a life engine. So, you know, using our content to start informing people based on whether what they might be interested in looking at. In the same way, in this particular case with weather effects, we want consumers to be aware of the, of the sort of the things that make sense, given what the local weather looks like in their area and what the general sentiment is. Right. Makes perfect sense. Okay, i got a couple other questions, but right now we're going to take a very quick commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Vikram Smaya and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Vikram Samaya, GM of WeatherFX, talking about weather data's impact on advertising. So one of the things you talked about several times um, is the extension into other platforms and channels. You mentioned mobile um, and tablets many times, and yes, that is one of the first things as a frequent traveler that um, that weather mobile app from you guys is front and center, certainly on my iPhone. Talk a little bit about how you're seeing all of these, um, the, the tools and the, the value proposition that you guys have come to life in other platforms, specifically mobile. Absolutely. So mobile has been fascinating for us uh, in terms of how we watch this thing grow. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, just on iPhone alone, you know, we've been the number five app uh, on iPad. We've been the number uh, number two app after iBooks for a long time. We have incredible reach, and, and it's been very interesting watching how people engage and watching the growth in that engagement. I mean, about 30% of our traffic today um, comes from mobile. And frankly, when uh, when we see severe events happen, so when a, you know, a big storm or, or hurricane blows through, um, that spikes up to 50%, and the time spent on mobile devices spikes up immensely, essentially. Uh, and and it's, it's particularly interesting, actually, in a snowstorm like Nemo, for example, um, uh, all the growth we see uh, almost exclusively comes from mobile uh, as opposed yeah. to TV. People are actually literally checking, you know, the, 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 the snow rates um, every, every hour in some cases right. um, or, or, or less. Um, so it's been fascinating for us to see how that works. From, from a marketing perspective, um, I think mobile has been an interesting place where, you know, the formats have been uh, less than ideal. Um, yep. Marketers are not super interested in the tiny mobile banners. I mean, they know how fat fingering works. So yep. the numbers have been sort of odd for a long time. And so we've spent some time developing some formats we think are particularly interesting, especially when you work with a site where, in essence, we're offering a utility in a lot of ways. Um, we have some some interesting ways we can work around that. And so 
Uh, we're starting with our Android platform and rolling out new formats um, where essentially we have a small geotag in the middle which has the weather information. It can be opened out to get more detail. But the entire back of the smartphone is a, is a canvas for brands that we're working with. Um, and the condition to working with us on these new formats is that they have to be weather triggered. So uh, at the very least, they have to reflect four primary conditions, um, you know, sunny, rainy, et cetera. Um, and, uh, um, and we're working with some amazing brands to try and figure out how that works for us. So, it's so fascinating. I love the the phrases for um, the, the fat finger behavior because obviously every every company out there is trying to figure out the mobile piece, and it makes perfect sense to me that in the in a world of completely relevant hyperlocal data, you're going to be um, looking at your mobile device more than turning on the TV and trying to get the specifics. There's obviously wonderful stories on the Weather Channel, but but from a, a mobile piece, what's interesting is how does the the advertising part or the engagement part for marketers move from that um, you know avoid and cope view of weather to the proactive anticipate and exploit? I think stealing some of the phrases you guys have used. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question, and in in every way, both from the consumer sentiment point of view as well as from the marketer point of view, in a lot of cases, weather has been discussed when it's negative, right? So, uh, from the marketer, we constantly hear things like from autos, for example, we had a bad weekend because of weather, uh, mm-hmm. and essentially, what we're trying to push both uh, through to through the to the consumer as well as to the marketer is weather is always impactful. Right. We know that you, you look at it in the morning. We know that you look at it in the afternoon. We know that you look at it in the evening. And on the, web, on the consumer and content side, um, you're looking at it to plan your days. You know, we, we really focus on a category now that we're calling weather enthusiasts. And these are everything from sort of the, mo- the ones you'd expect, like sort of rock climbers and hikers and so forth, uh, but also the people who want to skateboard, you know. Um, so people who really plan their day outside, who are looking to figure out how to deal with that kind of thing. But then there are also people who sort of from a content perspective want to know about big weather events. So on TV, right. we've seen huge upticks for things like, you know, deadliest space weather. And, and on content, we've seen everything from upticks around, um, you know, people who want to read about huge engineering products because, you know, they're people who are outside and in some cases they're construction workers um, um, to people who, you know, who, who really want to escape uh, thinking about sort of how weather impacts sort of the kind of life they want to live. Um, so we have seen changes there. In, in mobile, we've seen um, uh, a combination of uh, this sort of utility piece picking up, um, and we're trying to find out, as is everyone, how can we effectively take that initial behavior? And what's amazing with us, obviously, is people come back to us in some cases three and four times a day, uh, you know, anywhere from 30 to 70% of our, of our audience could do that, uh, which is amazing in terms of frequency. Um, and how we pivot them to say, all right, given what we've, what we've just told you, here are some interesting options in terms of how right. you, know, you can get information and, 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 and spend your day. Um, so along the lines, you, you mentioned the word content several times, and uh, you contributed an article to Digiday, which I strongly recommend to everybody, talking about weathering the content in data storm. Really fascinating perspectives. Can you talk a little bit about the trend you've been seeing um, around this shift of a content business to content and data business and how you think yeah, this is I, impacting I, the, the world there? I think traditional media uh, is having an interesting time. I mean, for those of us in the space, if all you've got to offer is one screen or one screen and, you know, sort of a, a dying media, whether it's magazines or newspapers, um, you're in a tough spot. Um, you know, your digital business is supposed to show enough growth 
to justify what's happening on the print side of the business unless you have you know a TV network that's spitting out money. Um, and unless you have some sort of multi-screen strategy, um, you're getting hurt on your CPMs. There's just no two mm-hmm. ways about it. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how premium you are. Um, you know, you're definitely feeling the burn. And, and certainly at the end of last year, that was the case. I think the smartest businesses have said, all right, how else can we provide solutions to marketers? And, you know, we've seen the rise of companies like BuzzFeed where essentially they're building out new ways to engage um, uh, sort of commercial uh, marketers in terms yeah. of uh, bringing in, quote, unquote, you know, native advertising, if you will. Um, and, you know, I think that's an interesting business, but it's relatively small. Even the biggest of them are doing, you know, in the tens of millions. Yeah. Um, if you really want to do business at scale with marketers, you've got to provide them with more direct channels uh, and a more compelling story around engagement with their consumers. And, I, mm-hmm. and again, when we thought about how we do this with weather effects, it, it needed to happen at large scale. I mean, some of the some of the uh, you know the deals we're working with in terms of prospects today are really with some of the largest company, largest marketers in the world, and and they need stuff at scale if they want to work with a new channel. Um, so uh, publishers, if they haven't figured out um, that the content and display business is, is not going to support their, you know, their future growth, um, they better wake up because, right. uh, you know, Time Magazine, for example, obviously is just selling its, its magazines to Meredith. We're just seeing a lot of big changes, and I think we're going to see uh, an acceleration of some of that happening soon. Very, very, very interesting. Well, you mentioned a couple times the, the word social, and uh, you talked about, obviously, weather as being not only local, but incredibly personal and um, certainly social. How do you think about the incredible um, passion and power of your customers and listeners and engagers contributing to and engaging, whether it's, you know, crowdsourced perhaps is the wrong word, but how does the social sharing of this data and observations fit into the, the overall value proposition? Yeah, I think there are two ways we think about that. I think Weather Underground has become a hub for tapping into our own community. Mm. So, um, you know, they, there's a tremendous amount of information that comes from their weather stations. Uh, there's a huge community of people that discuss, you know, they dissect every element of a storm. Um, and on the flip side, for marketers, when they're thinking about how can we make weather relevant to our consumers, um, we do a couple of things. So we've had a product that we pushed out to Facebook for a while now called My Friends Weather. Um, and if you go to, the, to weather.com and, and connect via Facebook, essentially what it will do is it will immediately pop up the faces of any of your friends looking at geo. Um, that are being influenced by a current by a current weather event, um, and so obviously this becomes particularly interesting around large weather events like Sandy and Nemo, where uh, you know you can literally find out a list of people who are influenced in the areas of these right. storms are moving through in real time, and you can send out a post to them saying, "Hey, can we help?" or you know something's coming your way. So we thought about how we can engage there. On the marketer side, um, we are actually building into large platforms, uh, including Facebook and Twitter. Um, in terms of engaging both uh, sort of outgoing, so pushing dynamic content into those platforms, as well as understanding sentiment from those platforms. So um, people talk about weather all the time. We actually uh, ran a project working with our content teams where we said, uh, we're going to put out a phrase, perfect weather for, and we built a tag cloud mm. about it. And it was fascinating. I mean, it was everything from, you know, and, and we would think, uh, you know, in, if you're in Seattle and it's rainy, uh, there was Netflix was a big one, and, and right. know, it ranged from raw. I mean, the, the number of terms in there were astounding. Mm. And it helped us to start build out, building, it helped us to start build out, you know, a series of personas around how we want to speak to some of our most compelling consumers, both in terms of how they engage with weather and in terms of how they sort of internalize it and manage it through their lives. 
is so fascinating. And for any of the listeners that started this thinking that, that weather was simply a sit back and watch television and maybe check the forecast, I think you've just in the last 25 minutes heard <laughs> this is a incredibly rich playground for data-driven targeting marketing insight. It's really, really fascinating. So just before I let you go, one of the things I like to do with my guests is I do something called a speed round where I toss out a a term or something that's going on, and I just get a really quick reaction from the guest. There's no right or wrong answer, but um, you ready? Fire away. Okay. So daily deals, living social, Groupons of the world. What's your take? Um, I think they're having a tough time. I think some of them have now moved from email to actually building platforms, which is going to give them a little bit of space. But um, I do think that they're going to have a rough ride of it. I think consumers are a little burnt out on them, and they're looking for uh, sort of a new way to engage. Right. Got it. Uh, How about mobile commerce? Um, I think it's come to the rest of the world. I mean, I think as with everything mobile, America takes a little while to catch up. Um, (laughs) I think uh, sort of in the urban areas, what needs to really happen is people need to be comfortable with uh, with with micropayments, uh, and that's yeah. still really not happened yet. I, I think as soon as the mobile wallet becomes a reality, mobile commerce will blow up. Completely agree. And last one for um, the the age old view of QR codes. Wow, I have nothing good to say about QR codes. <laughs> Just nothing uh, good. I mean, I I know people still continue to push them out. I you know I think. You know, I think of myself as relatively savvy. I think I've used it once. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think we're at rest in peace. Yeah, that's <laughs> well said. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Vikram, for being my guest today. And thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glennengler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.